welcome to Start Canada Podcast, where we interview startup founders, innovators, and thought leaders from the heart of Canada who are challenging the status quo, scaling their business, and bringing new ideas to life. Tune in with me, your host, Margot Miller, to hear firsthand exactly how they did it. Start Canada Podcast is powered by the Manitoba Technology Accelerator and Tech Manitoba and sponsored by Scotiabank. In the next episode, we speak with Felicita Ovaje, a practicing attorney and freelance makeup artist. With an eye for excellence, she identified a gap for products designed for people of color in the North American beauty industry. And she decided to be that change. Founded in 2014, Felicita launched Felicita Artistry, pivoting in 2020 to become both an e-commerce and a brick and mortar space for customers to find makeup brands owned by people of color and created for women of all skin tones. Felicita is passionate about the success of immigrants and persons of color, and she's focused on playing her part by creating a one-of-a-kind retail store, promoting BIPOC brands in a safe space. Her dream is to have a store in every city in North America. And when she's not running and promoting a retail brand or developing related educational programming, she continues her law career, having put a focus up front in her business plan to be able to do both successfully. In this episode, Felicita Ovaje speaks about the evolution of beauty products for people of color, about balancing her passions, and provides some great tips, both legal and otherwise, of things to consider when starting a business. If these topics call out to you, then don't miss this episode of Start Canada Podcast with the CEO and founder of Felicita Artistry. Felicita, welcome to Start Canada Podcast. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so happy to be here. Well, we are so happy that you are here. And now I'm going to make you tell us right away the whole history of your business. No, but start at the beginning. Where, where did the business idea come from? Wow. Like, to be honest, um... Like every other person who has sat on this chair has said, it's just start. Um, yeah. I love getting people ready. Um, as I said, before we got on air was, I was your go-to girl. I just did it effortlessly. When people ask me for business ideas of what they can do, the first question I ask them is, what do you do effortlessly? What do you do when you actually, someone wakes you up and says, hey, I need to do this for me. You're like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, what is that thing that you kind of wake up passionate about and it's easy yeah. for you? And for me, that was that was beauty. That was getting people ready. But then I realized that it was tied into my one of my love languages. That's acts of service. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't. I think I realized that it wasn't really the makeup application. It was just the 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 fact that I could make a change in someone's life. I could help someone. I could take someone from feeling like, oh, I don't feel good enough to like, I am the finest thing <laughs> that just came out. Like I just created and God was just, when he was making me, he was just pouring beauty, beauty. I'm more beauty and stare. We're making her, yeah, she's going to be so beautiful. That's how I want everybody around me to always feel. So um, that was really where the business idea came from. It was just that passion, that drive to just, make people see that we're unique, you're different. And the, the things you, you, you see about yourself that you're like, oh, everybody needs to have a bigger lip. You have a small lip and there's a way we can work with that. And you can see that 
there's something there. So um, it was really that just joy and seeing people that came into my room at university look really good as they walked out. And that really just, that's where the joy came from. Yeah, and it gives you that like immediate sense of gratification almost too, <laughs> right? And that, and you can feel your energy when you talk about it. And, you know, I'm sitting here going, okay, I want 15 makeup tips from you, you know, <laughs> and maybe we'll have time in, in the end of the episode. But um, how do you go from being like really good at physically doing makeup, making people feel good to turning that into something that also involves like retailing and distribution and a store? Because those are all like a slightly different skill set, of course, than physically being this artist that you were. Yeah. So where I pivoted into retail and distribution was once again, my need to help people, my wants to make my community better. So I realized I had a lot of pro brands that I had pro memberships, but then working with them, I realized for certain clients, they worked great. And for certain clients, they didn't. So that was where the research and being a sociologist by first degree, I my brain is just trained to start researching, start trying to figure out things. And then I came across a number of BIPOC brands and I realized the things I was looking for, they had it in terms of buildability, pigmentation. For example, if I want to change my lip color, I don't need to like wipe it off. I can put another lip color on top of it and it will look really effortless. So those are things that people don't understand that like you have to look out for when you're buying a product or when you choose to buy a product is how is this product buildable? I have had like a full face of makeup like this and all I needed to do was put on foundation again on top of it and we do a new look. And you know, my artists have been like, whoa, how did it change that so fast? But I'm like, it's because the product is buildable. So mm. understanding how does this product work? Is it buildable? Is it very dry? How can I make it a product that is very dry, um, buildable? There are ways to do that. So it's just about, I noticed those gaps and mm -hmm. of my training. And this is why I tell people there's nothing like, even if you want to be a makeup artist, still get some kind of formal training because what that formal training does, it makes your brain think a certain way. So mm -hmm. you're able to look outside, travel, spend time traveling, spend time researching what's happening. Because I think it's all that exposure. Me growing up in Nigeria, moving to Canada, moving back to the UK, um, being around a lot of people that were very exposed to. I always say you don't have to be the smartest in the room. Surround yourself with smart people, tap from their knowledge, just soak everything up. And then you now look like the smartest person. So it was all that that really informed my knowledge and informed my I always say you can't you can't do things you cannot envision mm -hmm. so you have to see it mm -hmm. for you to be able to dream it for you to be able to think about it so literally because I had surrounded myself with people like that because I had you know just been in spaces where I've just been very informed it's my memory, my, my eyesight, my insights, my, 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 my dreams started like growing big and I'm like, oh yeah, I could do this. And that's what I told you before. I, that's why I went to beauty school. I wanted to know what the industry is about. It wasn't just, oh yes, I wanted to learn. If you can afford it, mm -hmm. um, find, even if you um, pay for it, if you cannot afford it, find someone like myself. If I am free, I am more than happy to give tips, tricks, 
We also have a partnership with MC College where I train now. Wow. So pretty much. And we're working on something where people can actually finance um, part of their, their, their kits with us. Mm. Um, so there are schools that help, like, you know, there's financing. But get in there, talk to the right people because they'll be able to give you ideas. So honestly, I owe a lot of my ideas to the people around me, people I've come in contact with, people I've worked with, mm -hmm. my clients. I started doing one-on-one -on -one coaching because a client told me that she will like that. And I remember I used to just teach her from my kit. Yep. And then she was like, no, why don't you, why don't I give you money? Why don't you buy the products for me and then teach me with those products? So when you're not here, I can still practice with those products. Yep. So that's why my one-on-one -on -one coaching is structured the way it is structured. So I help clients shop before I open the brick and mortar. I help clients shop and then um, um, I help clients shop. And then what I pretty much do is I now teach them with those kits. So now with the brick and mortar, we just shop from the store and then we teach. Yeah, them. within one space and you can teach right there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's such an evolution that just happened naturally. But I think mm -hmm. you made a few points in there about like really listening to what your customers are telling you. And sometimes they're going to have really good ideas that you can grow with yes. if you're ready and willing to kind of make that move. Right. And, and grow with it. So did you, you know, you're talking about surrounding yourself with kind of great people that mm -hmm. lift you up. Do you feel like you always had that in you? Like, was that something your family distilled in you to just really go for it? Yeah. Um, well, I would say yes. Part of it. I, I grew up with a bunch of uh, overachievers. Okay. <laughs> I would tell you that. Um, but I, I think one of the things that um, my mother and my father always said to me growing up is define who you want to be. And those kind of people will attract like you naturally attract those kind of people mm -hmm. so you need to find out like what value am i giving to the people around me and what value are they giving to me i have to be very intentional about your life where are you where are you going to why are you doing what you're doing don't just do it because everybody the crowd is doing it. everybody's wearing red lipstick now i want to wear red lipstick no i want to wear red lipstick because i found a red lipstick i really like or i'm wearing red lipstick because i'm going for a corporate event and i think it will work for that event. You remember mm -hmm. I said to um from God said, I said, I have my birthday every year. But the, and my sisters never did because they couldn't care less. But because my dad will make you write him a letter two weeks in advance, and you will tell him why you should have your birthday and all the things you need. So I want a party pack, I want a cake. This is the size I want. I want a party pack. And the party pack needs to have a doll, a little flute, you know, <laughs> a pencil. Yeah. He, he wants to know. Even though he's still going. So my sisters were like, I'm not doing this work, you know. <laughs> but me, I was so, I think I was just that child. Like, well, you want me to jump high and low to get a, my birthday every year? Yes. So two weeks before my birthday, I will write my list. I write my why, what I've done the last year that I deserve a birthday. But, you know, my younger brother lives with me now, my little brother. And I was complaining to my dad one time and he said, the tasks I made you do, I didn't just make you do it because I just wanted to be a difficult parent. It's because I wanted you to learn how to start thinking on your own and doing things for yourself. Wow. All those little things of, oh, I want this. No, okay, tell me why you want it. Mm -hmm. At least explaining why even, yeah. right? The merit of, of the yeah. things that we own and why. Yeah. I feel like it doesn't have to be a grand letter. Just tell me 
one thing you did and everything that you want in your party pack. That's all. A little letter signed, love, that. <laughs> you know, and when he said that to me, I was like, wow. And then it changed the way I started walking and helping my brother grow into the young man he's, he, he's become now or he's becoming. Mm. But um, that really took me aback. Like, I was like, wow, I didn't know that those were life skills he was teaching me during that time. So It's amazing sometimes the wisdom of our parents that they are instilling in us without us kind of even realizing, yeah. right? I think that's such a good story from your dad. Um, so now you, you come here today and like clearly you're someone where family is important, where all these relationships that kind of brought you to where you are. How are you balancing now the the human aspects of running a business with like the, you know, legal and operational and logistical side of running, you know, a full store now, e-commerce platform you, you carry? How many brands do you carry? We carry 10. Okay, 10 different brands, which means relationships that people are expecting something from you in return. How do you find the balance between all of that in your life? I think it's about setting up systems and being realistic with everyone. So I'm very, very, I, I want to believe that I come up very genuine with people that I work with. And I'm very upfront and I'm very honest. I try to be very honest with them, both my clients. I try to be very realistic with them. Um, but I'm also someone that I always tell people, keep your word. So there are times where I've only had two hours of sleep. But because I have told someone, I will do this for you. I will get this done for you. And because I've given my word, I don't want to go back on my word. I don't want to say, mm, it didn't work or mm, I'm not available. If I give you my word, I try. If I cannot, I will let you know ahead of time. Like, hi, I told you I'm going to send you something at six o'clock. I'm so sorry. Something came up. It's not happening. I will send it to you by Monday or Tuesday, or, you know, um, I find that when you let people know exactly where you are at, and you are not making them try and figure out whatever is in your head, mm -hmm. it actually makes it, like, I, I see that that works for me with my clients, with the people that I work with, like my staff. When I'm sad, they know. When I'm happy, they know. Um, when I need a break, they know. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been very blessed to have people that kind of feed off the same energy with me. Like, yeah. if I don't like something, um, two days ago, we were not posting on social media and I was like, mm, I don't like the feed. I don't think I like the feed. I think we're off. We've lost something. There's something just off. And then I was about to talk to my staff about it, like my full time. And she was like, yeah, I was going to talk to you about it today. I don't know. I don't like the feed. <laughs> Oh, interesting. And I'm like, yeah, we're on the same frequency. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think when people think of running a business and being kind of that person in charge, mm -hmm. I think they think about having to separate their kind of full emotions and showing everything they're feeling with their team. You kind of are approaching it from a different angle. Do you feel like sometimes it's too much or it's wrong or it's just really worked for you to, to be that way, to really show, you know, how you're feeling about things? Um, one thing my youngest, my older sister used to say, I'm the youngest girl, um, used to say to me is, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Right. And I used to be very, you know, I would say things and I'm like, why are you getting angry? I just said it. And I still like, no, it's how you're saying it. How is it coming across? So I know that if I'm in a space where I'm going to say something 
that is maybe not going to come across good to you, I'll prefer to be quiet, you know, and just like grind my teeth <laughs> until I can put myself in a place where I can find the right word. That doesn't mean that I've been able to perfect it, mm-hmm. but it's a skill that I'm constantly working on. So I've set up systems in place that helps. Um, and I'll give you an example for anyone listening that's trying to figure out what kind of structure. Like our online store is synced with our fiscal store. So our inventory is, is, is like if someone wants to buy something in the store, it syncs with the online store. So that cuts out the, pos- the, the, the need to go and count inventory online, count inventory in store. No, right. it kind of you know, eliminates that process. And we thank God we're in the digital age now where there's a lot of apps, there's a lot of things that have just really helped. Um, once again, as I say, as I surround myself with really smart people, I have a friend who is a project manager. So when we're doing this, she was like, what do you need? Do you need to put systems in place? So we came up with the policies, the procedures. So once you start with us, you have, we, we log you into Teams. So I use Teams. And then I have like all my staff manuals. So I have everything in there. Like there's nothing that you're going to ask me that is not in a manual. And mm-hmm. if I realize it's not, if you ask me a question, I realize I don't have it in manual. Then I tell, I'm like, okay, we need to come up with a, we need to come up with this. And one thing I do with my staff and my team and over my vendors is this is not working. What do you think? How can we do it? But one thing I learned and one important thing I'm going to say here today is I lost my mom at 15. She's a crucial part. That, um, she's a very cr- crucial part of my life that drives me. And the reason why is um, she, she had her clinic. She, she was an eye doctor. She was involved in Rotary, in the Lions. In, she, she, she was like the children's pastor pastor like the pastor of the children's church like the head of it she had all these things going on but immediately she died all those things ended she had an amazing legacy well she produced myself and my sisters so um amazing but i noticed that my dad struggled to keep her clinic running Mm -hmm. but the brain box died the blueprints the business plan was never translated from her head to paper. Mm-hmm. So that was that thing that stuck with me for so long. So when I started my business, when I started, I knew that whatever I was going to do, I wanted to put it on paper. So every time something goes, every time we make a plan, or every time we set up a structure, the first thing I want to do, I say to the team is create a document on teams name it this and start putting in even your the job descriptions even what they are working on their roles we need to document it mm-hmm. because we want the day you tell me you want to leave i want the next person who steps into your shoes to be able to say okay this is how it works this is what i should be looking at this is what i should be doing and there is a document that actually helps them they can tweak it to how they want to work on it how they want to execute it but there's something there's a blueprint that helps them going gliding to that role with ease know what's expected of them mm-hmm. so what we have a brand bible we have a brand voice 
so people know if you're working with uh, social media or you're doing anything on my social media, you're not allowed to curse, you're not allowed to do certain things, you're not allowed to speak in a certain way just because of the tone of F.A. F.A. is very calm. Mm -hmm. She is fun. She is welcoming. She is, she's, she's that person that you just want to hug and you want to have so much fun in F.A. When you come is that you? Because that sounds like a lot of your qualities, <laughs> certainly. So yeah, I wanted a lot of my qualities to be translated to FA. So yeah. literally that that's has been put into a brand voice. So anybody that says, oh, we're going to do branding for you, we send you our brand Bible, we send you our brand voice, we tell you our brand tone. Mm -hmm. So you know, I'm not going to be put in or I'm not yep. going to be anything that is derogatory, something that is offensive, no, it's not going to go on our feed just because that's not our tone, that's not our voice, and that doesn't speak well with the brand. Mm -hmm. And that, the story that you just shared, too, of your mom before we kind of move on is so beautiful how you took something from that and you really genuinely, like, you noticed a change that she was able to make, but you wanted to make sure that when you made yours, it had like that lasting legacy. And I think it's just, it's just really beautiful. So thank you for having shared that. And it's amazing what you took from that experience in such a positive way. So I'm really happy that you shared that. Um, and, and to your point about the brand side of things, good job, because I think so often when people are starting a business, they kind of forget to really put down like what's in their head on paper so that people can help them in the best way possible. So the tip you just gave for people listening is a brilliant one. And we've had a few other guests on the show that have detailed that and their businesses have really like been successful because of that. One really good example is Cole and Canary who have this beautiful candle business locally that has grown, you know, across the world. She does this exact same thing that you've just described. So if people want, you know, more examples of reasons why you should do this, there's some great brands out there that we're matching here that are all doing the same thing, which is really clearly defining who your voice is, who your customer is. And then everyone around you is also very clear on that, right? It's, it's, it's very, very, very important. I know like people say, oh, when I see your post, I know. Like even the way I do makeup, funny enough, I've trained someone else and I think the person posted the picture of what they had done. And someone says to me, when I saw that picture, I knew it was an FA picture. I wasn't sure what it was. What I knew, I was like, no, actually, that was my assistant that did that look. And like, there was just something about it. And I guess the way I do my brows. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, because I feel, I always tell people, your brows shape your face. Mm -hmm. If you draw them too close, they make your forehead look too narrow. If you draw them too wide, they make your forehead look flat. So I'm dropping some tips. So when you're doing your brows, and when you start looking at people now, you're going to see it. When you, when the person, because your eyes are drawn to... Now I'm self-conscious of my eyebrows. <laughs> so, but you're, you're, you know, as humans, our eyes are drawn, drawn to lines, mm -hmm. right? Lines and shadows. So that's how, you know, makeup artists are able to, you know, make cartoon characters and make, because they understand the lines and shadows, right? Or where to place them and change the person's face. Yeah. Oh, this is fun. I want I want a million makeup tips from you. We're, we're going to get off topic here very quickly. Um, okay, Felicita, tell me now a little bit, when you started this business, and, and we said this kind of in our intro today, that a big part of what you wanted to focus on was BIPOC brands or carrying brands only from people of color. And that was a point that you had made when you started your business. Speak to me a little bit about that decision and kind of what you needed to do to take that into account. So, um... I guess this comes from my legal background of always looking for ways to 
that social, I won't say social justice, but, you know, where you're looking at the gaps in society. So I realized, well, I noticed that there were a couple of BIPOC brands, but then I could have just opened a retail store and I just, I just said, oh yeah, I'm carrying brands from different places, plus some BIPOC brands. Right. But then I also realized that a lot of BIPOC beauty entrepreneurs were not really getting into the big spaces. Now I asked myself, if I wanted to develop a product, how will I want that product to be showcased? So I was looking around me and I was seeing that a lot of people were getting their stores into their products into some spaces, but the spaces were not really where certain people want to go. Mm-hmm. Right. So right, you're you're saying like they weren't getting into the Sephora in the mall where it was obvious and where mo- many shoppers were going frequently. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't getting into such spaces. It was just getting into like, oh yeah, I'm gonna sell from my house. Or, you know, I have an online store too. Let me just carry some of your products mm-hmm. or like a pop-up shop. But they were not really getting into the big name places. Um, so I was like, okay. At the end of the day, when you look at Sephora, you look at Alta, you look at all these places, they have 500 brands. So they're already like, how much they can they really take? You know, how much can they really take? You have to think about them too. Not that they don't want to take um, this brand, but they already have 500 brands on there or 500 and more. Like the last time I think I checked, it was about 500 brands. So yeah, so they might be to capacity. So not that they don't want to take, but where is the capacity to really take? Because I don't know what their financials look like. I don't Mm -hmm. know what's happening there. Mm -hmm. So for me, there was a need for more spaces to open up. It's not just, oh, there's, there's Sephora, there's Alter, there's shoppers, you know, um, where else? So that was where the idea came from. Then I realized that there was, a, when I started, it was actually when I started the journey that I realized the major impacts that it had on people of color. So I was like, yeah, I just want to give them a platform, a nice space to really showcase their products in Inside a mall, I knew from the get-go that I wanted a, a mall space. Even times, there, there were times where I was like, yeah, I'll look for strip, strip, um, like the strip malls. Let me look for a space there. But one way or the other, I still found my way back to actually going to a, like a proper shopping center. Because that was where the idea and the, the vision was. Right. Um, and then during the pandemic... Like, so a lot of BIPOC brands that we purchased from, we were getting served, or people were getting served in Canada, but some of these places, they were not getting served. So how were they paying their staff? A lot of people had to, you know, shut their doors. And it was at that time that we were paying for our inventory. So I was like, we are being, we're playing our part to sustain some businesses at this point, because we're helping them now branch out to other parts of the world that would have never known about their their products. Mm -hmm. So that was where it really hit me that we're creating jobs. We are helping the the black dollar circulate within the the BIPOC um, um, community. Um, That was where it really, really hit me that this is an opportunity to give people jobs. This is an opportunity to expand the revenue for these companies. This is an opportunity to even train 
people, Caucasian artists, people that struggle working on dark skin tone, this is an opportunity to give them products that actually will work. So that was where the ideas came from. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know when you have like an aha moment? Yeah. And then I got a little bit overwhelmed because I was like, this is more than me. I don't know any other entrepreneur that has some insight into what you're doing. And you realize all the different opportunities that could happen and you get overwhelmed that, am I sure I can do this? Now, if you're listening to me, just know that you can. The support will be there and take you one day at a time. But when you get overwhelmed, when you see all the ideas, when you see all the opportunities, that is God telling you. I'm very spiritual. That is God telling you, open your eyes, my child, and this is for you. Mm-hmm. So that was literally... It's that like identifiable light bulb moment, as cliche as that is, right? You just knew that this was something that there was a gap in the market. It was so obvious to you. And listening to you and thinking about the market and thinking of where I've shopped for makeup, like it does seem so obvious that there was a missing like physical store in malls meant to carry brands that are for absolutely everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, and then just giving them that distribution opportunity. Yes. Um, it's not something, as I said, someone like myself might not get into Sephora, might not, like literally I'm like maybe going to be on like 1,000, like the applicant list of like 1,001. <laughs> right. You know, because, you know, you, it, it's about connections, about relationships. Right. Stand that. Yeah. You know, you had mentioned something earlier to me about how do I manage all these relationships. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've learned in my life is the value of relationships. It's so instrumental. Relationships are everything. And I think the last person you interviewed that I watched her interview, she said the same thing and I resonated with that. It's about relationship. Invest time in people invest time in I I don't think because that person is nobody today that doesn't mean tables can turn I have been in the position where our house burns down growing up and we had to pretty much go into the market and you know buy bathing items from scratch like our house burned down and we had nothing and we're starting from scratch like in terms of buying items for ourselves mm. So um, I've been in that position where I've had a lot, lost everything, had got, gotten back up, kind of lost everything. So I've understood that I don't take anybody for granted. Whether you are uh, uh, someone dealing with an addiction, whether you're someone who has made it, I treat you the same. You walk into my um, the store and I'm, I always tell our staff, Respect everybody. Someone that is buying something that is twenty dollars, someone that is buying something that is three hundred, mm-hmm. we will give you the same service. Mm-hmm. I do not care. It's about the person that I'm dealing with and the respect I have for that person. And it's such sage advice because you just never know who that person is or what situation they're in and who they might become one day. To your point, like there's personal value, but it's also just respecting the human being. Give me an example of a type of brand that you carry because you you made some good points in there about like giving opportunities to brands that otherwise like may not make it into some of the big retailers. Mm-hmm. So what is like, you know an example of a brand if you want to name one that you carry and where did they start? Like do you know the story? I'm sure you know the story because this is part of this is your focus. <laughs> Give me the story of one of the one or two of the brands, whatever you want to mention um so that we get a sense of like where are these brands coming from who are the people behind them behind them okay so man 
it's it's like a history house. Yeah. But um That's okay. <laughs> um okay, so well we have about four Nigerian brands, Nigerian-owned brands. And you're from Nigeria, just for those listening, yep. (laughs) It's kind of easy to start with those brands. Um, Now, I'm not going to focus on the bigger brands just because one of them, Havad, has done a a case study on her. Okay. Um, Funny enough, we shared the same birthday, and she was really the one who inspired me. So, oh, wow. Geez. Well, and we're going to link to your website and all your products so people will be able to find them all. Give us like one story. You know, it's hard to pick. We know you love all your brands. If your brands are listening, she loves you all. <laughs> but um, I'll start with the, the smaller brands um, because those are the ones that if they had to get in, it might be harder for them to right. get in. Yeah. Um, I will start with um, one of our local brands here, Dark Sugar. And I'm actually wearing, I installed my wig. So this is not my hair, guys. This oh my God. You always have great, I, I think it looks amazing. <laughs> I would never know. So, yeah. So she has a styling kit on our website on how to pretty much install the whole the whole thing. This is, this is like a cap. Okay, we're going to have to link to that too. <laughs> we'll share it all. Um, one of the, her story is she was a student who, found ways to start making hair, start selling products and start once again doing one of the things I do is just make people feel beautiful. And she was able to pay part of her tuition with whatever she made. And she's like my younger sister. And even though she doesn't have the resources to get into a space like, you know, the big stores, just giving her, I remember, she didn't know that she'll be in the store. So I did the sign and then I brought her in and I told her to just bring some of her stuff to put and showcase and that I'll buy some of her lashes. And um, yeah, when she came in and she saw the sign, she was just like crying. Oh. Um, and just knowing her story of, you know, what she would do is she'll put out the, she'll put out like, oh, I have this product to sell. And then people will place their orders. She will use part of the order money to buy the products and then sell and then use her profit to put back into the product, into buying the product. So that was how she really started. And that was her story of, you know, just saying, yeah, I have this to sell. And then she will, when people place the order then she takes the money, buys buys the product in a smaller quantity and then sells and maybe buy a little bit of extra to to be able to have some um, more products on hand. And that was really how she started. And I'm so excited for her growth. And I know her seeing herself in the store, she's like, I can't believe this. It's such a good story, the people that you're supporting right at the same time as growing this business of your own and, and, you know, you're supporting each other to some degree. It's so good. I think that people listening can't help but want to, you know, run out and try some of these products and support local and support people of color starting amazing businesses that may not have the same opportunity. Um, So it's wonderful what you're doing. And and at this point, I'm going to get us into our speed round. I'm loving this conversation, but we have to we have to stop our episode and do our speed round. Um, So, okay. You know the drill. Just answer with the first thing that comes to your mind, okay, Felista? Okay, describe yourself in a word or two. Happy and content. What motivates you? Growth. What keeps you up at night? Growth. (laughs) (laughs) 
Who's been the person in your life that's motivated you the most? My mother. What is the one thing in business that you're so happy you did? Talk to people that are smarter than myself. Hmm. What is something that's really important for your mental health? Play. Play. I love that. <laughs> What's one thing that you were wrong about? Hmm. Didn't pay attention to marketing. <laughs> How do you continue to learn and grow? What do you do? I made a pact with myself that I must learn something new every year. Yes, I love that. Uh, where are you in 10 years with all these new skills you've learned? <laughs> <laughs> um, 10 years. Hmm. Um, goal number one. Have multiple stores around Canada and maybe the U.S. Goal number two. I'm hoping. Um, I actually want to be the first black judge. Wow. That's our speed round. Okay, so we can, you can relax. <laughs> but you've got, those are two really big goals at the same time. And I'm loving that you have what you've achieved so far. So for those listening that didn't quite catch everything in the original bio there, she's passed the bar, practicing lawyer, does this successfully while at the same time opening a physical store, an e-commerce store, carrying a variety of brands, helping other people raise up their businesses. And the goal is to be a black judge in Canada, as well as, is that what you said? The first? There has already been a, a black judge. A female. Uh, um, I don't know if there's anyone in Manitoba yet. So. Manitoba. Okay, so first female <laughs> black judge in Manitoba. Or maybe not first, we'll do the research, but okay. one of. Very rare. Amazing goal. And the other goal, stores all across yeah, the country. I think there's a black judge in Manitoba yet. Okay. We're going to do it. Yeah. I believe in you. I spoke to my, I uh, speaking to my mentor when we, when we had the business meeting. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I love the energy that you feel from you too with these goals. Like I really believe that we're going to see you like in no time in both of these things. But how are you keeping, like genuinely, how are you keeping that balance? And I know offline you mentioned to me a little bit about putting it in the business plan up front that you intend to do both things well. And I think a lot of times when we start like side businesses, we think I could grow this into something one day. And we kind of, it's kind of feels like an either or with our current careers. How did you work that in and genuinely plan to do both successfully? The first problem I have with um, with the, the idea of I have a problem with side business. What's the side business? Mm -hmm. Why are you calling it a side business? Yeah. Okay. When you term something, you define it. Everything has a when you when you give something a name, that name defines it. My name means happy. Belichita means happy. Wow. And that was the word you used to describe it's yourself. A happy place. You know, and that's and that's I'm leaving. And that was why I took on that name. Remember. Um, when I spoke to you earlier, I said my middle name is Tega. Mm -hmm. Tega means praise and all oh, but I have a good voice. But <laughs> um, I took on Felicita because that was my first name. And I grew, every time I remember my, I remember your name is happy. There's nothing that can make me upset. Any, there, anything that's going to make me upset, trust me, give me, tell me a reason why I should be upset. And I'll tell you why that situation will make me happy. Wow. Really? Yeah, I would tell, give me anything. No, I don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give me anything and I will tell you 
why that situation, why I will find some so a lesson, yes, something that will make my life better. Mm-hmm. From when I talk about my mom's death, yes, I lot people could say, oh yeah, you lost your mom at fifteen, blah blah blah. I can tell you all the things that I learned in my life that I'm like, you know what? Sometimes I feel maybe it happened for a reason. God wanted me to grow up. God wanted me to march up. Mm-hmm. God wanted me to look at life in a different way. So yeah. I find all there's always a reason to be grateful for in every situation. And that's really, I stay true to my name. So that question of side hustle, when you say it's a side hustle, you've already put it to the corner. So what happens is your main career, you're prioritizing that for 10 hours in a day or eight hours in a day. And then you're only leaving, oh, it's a side hustle. So I work on it whenever I have time. When you have your mindset like that, then that will remain a side hustle. When you say these are two goals that are important to me, you will make it work because I'm like, okay, Monday, I always say I work extra hours on Monday on my law practice. So I can put in a 14 hour or a 12 hour shift at work because I need to get this is a career I'm building I don't want to make mistakes. I want to limit my mistakes. I want to learn. I want to develop my practice. I want to keep growing and learning. Now, my Fridays, I'm not the only reason why I was being a lawyer yesterday and also at at, at the store was because of, um, there was an immigration conference. So I wanted to listen in and listen to what the conference was going on. But my Fridays are like, you know what? I'm going to dedicate a Friday to to being at the store, helping the girls. Because the girls have told me they want to, they want me to be around them a little bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To like, learn from you and to, so, yeah. So I'm like, okay, Fridays is the day where all of us are together, right? So for me, it's not a side hustle. There are two businesses that I'm very passionate about. And I'm going to treat both of them with ultimate respect. Mm-hmm. What if someone has a side business that is really only like 10, 20% of their time? Um, then would you, is it still a narrative that you would say to them, don't call it a side business? Like just call it, I have a business, it's new or yeah. it's small or it's growing or use that kind of terminology instead because it'll really change kind of the mindset that you have about it. I always say, look, call your business what you see it in 10 years. Don't say, oh, I have us. And I, I'm, I was very fond of that. I used to always do, yeah. And my friend flew down from Calgary and she came and she said, what? This is what the store looks like? Why are you downplaying it? Like, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, but, and I was very guilty of that. And a lot of small business owners are very guilty of that. You have an amazing idea. You have so much potential. And you just come and say, oh, you know, I have this small business. No. I have a business, I manufacture this, I produce this or I sell this and mm-hmm. this is where we're going. Do you want to try it? And you're going to see your business grow mm-hmm. because people are not, once you tell someone I have a side business, it's our human, the unconscious bias that's going to be like, oh yeah, it's something small, okay. Right. I'll support it whenever I can because that's like, if you think about yep. the people that you've helped. Even your customers, yeah. Even like the businesses that you focus or you channel your energy on, like you're going to, if they tell you side business to them, like when someone tells me side business, I'm okay. Okay. Don't worry. Let me know. And then it's right. 
You wonder how much time they're investing in their own business too. And they might be investing a ton of time, but as soon as they use the terminology. Side business, I'm like, mm, okay. And then when I'm yeah. about maybe doing, for example, you sold jewelry now, and then I have a client I want to sell. You're not going to come to my, your, your business is not going to be on top of my list. Right. I'm going to be looking for someone that does their business full time, not full time, but takes their business very serious and talks very highly of their business. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. I know this person. Yeah. You think about it. Just so for you, kind of from the distributor side, the retailer side, even mm -hmm. you're, you're looking at that as well when you're considering who to potentially carry your work with. Yeah. Because I want, I want my people to order products and I want them to get it ASAP. Yeah. So I'm not going to work with someone that cannot, cannot deliver. Right. The yeah. same level of. I mean, you have to watch your business and expectations at the same time. Right. And you're the way you promise as far as deliverables to yeah. your customers. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's so interesting and such a such an important way to look at it. I want to talk specifically too about the store that you opened and that we're kind of referencing here because you opened a physical brick and mortar store during the pandemic that people would need to kind of come into to try products. And that makes sense, like the physical ability to, te to use testers and try a product. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would think, why didn't you just go to e-commerce? What a tricky time. Weren't you worried about losing money? Can you speak to that a little bit for those listening and just explain like the logic and, and whether that has been successful for you? to have made that decision to open a physical store? Oh, yeah. Um, when You need to understand your business model. I was working with brands that people have never heard of. As much as some of our brands are very popular with high following and high distribution in other African countries, they don't have a presence in Canada. So this was literally their first time here. They have people who are aware of them that maybe moved, relocated from back home and are here, but in terms of an actual proper presence, they are not the max. They are not the, they are not in Sephora. They are mm. not places. They don't, a lot of people don't know them like that, but they are good. So I knew that doing an online store, I will only attract people that already know them. Right. Or I will have to invest heavily in influencer marketing. Now having a space is very good to, for me, I just realized, you know, I need to have, some type of fiscal presence where people can come and see and feel. And if you saw, for example, if you saw a lipstick online, you don't know what it looks like. You're not sure if when you order it, you're going to feel the same way about it. Or you might see something, you have very high expectations because of the way it looks or experience online. It comes to your doorstep and you're like, what is this? You know, so... Um, for me, it was very important to have a space. Now, my mindset is the pandemic has happened. What are we going to do about it? One of the biggest skills anybody, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, is to learn how to adapt. This is a new virus. We don't know what's next, what, what's the next virus that is going to surface. Now, we need to understand that the world is still going to go on. And that was my mindset. I'm like, I could either do two things. I could either sit down and eat some popcorn and have a pity party in my house and say, oh, I've, I've written this 40-page business plan. I have invested in so much time. I've talked to so much people. I've harassed so much people to help me. And, you know, there's a pandemic and stop. Mm -hmm. Or I can just say, God, I always kind of bully God. And I say, you know, <laughs> um, you brought me this far. You're going to put me to shame. And you gave me this idea, 
Because any, don't think that an idea just pops into your head from there's something, whatever belief system you have, there's something that is guiding you mm -hmm. and something has put that idea. So explore it. I'm like, I had this idea, I explored it. I saw the, the beauty of it. So you will help me and you will give me the insights. And I just trusted my gut and said, you know what? The world is not going to stop. The world is going to open up. The world is, so I'm going to go with that. And that was what really kept me going. And that's what keeps me going every day. And every day I meet new people that I just find out about our brand and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing, this is amazing. I'm excited. Once the restrictions are, are, are out of the way, I really want to come in and I want you to either do my makeup or swatch my face or, you know, people are really excited about it. So mm -hmm. um, you're going to have a lineup once the allowances are all open. Yeah. But you can still come in now. It's just that yeah. it's a few people at a time. Yep. But once again, let's think about it the good in everything you are having personalized one-on-one -on -one service yeah seriously only you uh -huh. the staff and there's nobody asking what's the price of this can you hear nobody is undivided attention so let's look at the good in that yeah that's right it's so i find so much joy in speaking to you Felicita, because you you use the word beauty just now and i feel like it's just you have a beautiful energy resonating from you and it's so fun to hear you talk about this and I think people listening it's like listen to this episode when you're like walking outside in the woods or like when you have a really calm environment because so much of what you said you can just feel the energy from you and the tips in here I think if you're if you're struggling with your business right now or if you're thinking of starting something like follow everything that we've been talking about in this episode because Felicita has some great advice um on that vein of advice you do, of course, have, you know, your legal background and all this experience behind you now of, of everything we just described. If you were to talk to someone and they were to come to you to say, OK, I'm starting a business. Like, what do I need to know? Where do I need to go? What are your typical tips? Like, what direction do you point people in at this point? I would tell you, get a pen and paper and start writing everything that comes to your head. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to make sense. OK. Just start writing. Mm -hmm. Right, start start doing your research. I have younger girls who come to me like, ah, I like what you're doing. I want to open my own space. And they start telling me, I want the blue color. I want the red color. And I said, no, that's not where you start from. You don't start from the blue and the red color. You start from just writing your thoughts down. So write, envision what you want. Mm -hmm. Just write. It's just the way like people journal. Yeah. Just write. Like a free flow kind of, yeah. Just, just, just write. Just put all that on paper. I, I would say one thing. Um, you know, you asked me how I thought about the business and I thought about the idea and all whatnot. Um, I remember um, like maybe a year or two or the year before I got called, no, maybe two years before I got called, I found an old business plan that I had written. And that business plan had that I was, you know, I was going to be a freelance artist and I was going to open a retail store within four years of launching it. I had forgotten about that plan. But I guess I wrote it down. I forgot about it, but I was unconsciously working towards it. Wow. That's the beautiful, beautiful thing about writing plans. And I think someone had messaged me to send them a business plan. So I said, yeah, I've written a couple of business plans. So let me look up one of my old stash. And, and then I found that. And actually the name of that was like Tiger Lily Creation or something weird like that. But <laughs> you were really creative at that time in your mind. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, so what I would tell any new entrepreneur, anybody that wants to go down that route, is just right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it might evolve, it might change, but guess what? There's something that is at the core of that business that of what you have writing that will never change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for my for us is community building. That's yeah, that's a, that's really wonderful. And speaking of community, you also did use some community resources, and you kind of mentioned this earlier on. Like once you start, there will be people and places to go to kind of get help. Mm-hmm. I know you've leveraged like Futurepreneur, which is a great organization across Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually had someone from there on the show, so if people want to learn more, they can check out that episode. Yeah. But also the Women Enterprise Center. Tell me a little bit about those resources, and like at what point would you tell someone go reach out to one of those type of resources? Um, it depends on what you. As I said, start writing. And then when you feel like you have an idea or you have a better picture of what you're writing about, or even if you're struggling, um, some of these resources, like no future opinion, they have like a business plan writer. So they can prompt you. They can give you um, the, uh, questions. Yeah, like a template. Te- mm-hmm. It's some questions to juggle your mind. But at least before you get to that point of asking for a business plan writer, um, you already have your ideas written down. You already have, you know, if I came to you and I said, you know, um, I have this business and I'm not sure, but I think, and then I think, and then I think. Right. I would probably I, say, come back to me once you have more thought out. Yeah. yeah right. But yeah. if I came to you and I said, I have this business plan. I want to produce jewelry. Like, I think I'd be like a jewelry. So I'm like, I'm using that as all the yeah. example. Yeah. But I was produce jewelry. I realized that, you know, I got some some jewelry stores and um they they they're missing this element and I really like it. And th- this is some of my sketches and and that. Then I know that, okay, this person has thought through. Because one thing people always think about is investments comes in form of cash. And I want and that's one major tip that I want to tell people that investment doesn't come in form of only cash. Investment also comes in form of people's time. Mm-hmm. If you want me to sit down with you, I need to see that you have invested in yourself. Right. So now I will invest my time. So instead of me working on my business, I'm going to take two hours that I work on my business and invest it in you. Yeah. So prove to me that you're that my time like, is being used wisely. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to do so. And the same thing is going to go with Futurepreneur, BDC, any place, even the mall. I remember when we approached them and I spoke to them and she was like, oh, okay, um, we can set up a meeting. I'm like, okay, yeah, do you want me to send my business plan? And for her, it was foreign. Wow. Because she's like a lot of small businesses that approach her to say they want to find like a small space, mm-hmm. the mall, mm-hmm. they don't have business plan. She typically has to do a lot of the work to kind of guide them to where they need to yeah. be. Yeah. For her, she was like, oh, I was reading that night. And I was like, <laughs> she's like, you have data, you have stats. Mm-hmm. Because um, we also leverage resources from Trade Center. Right. Yes. They can do a market analysis for you. Yeah. And then you want to know the demographics in cities where, where, what is, where is central, right. where um, the population. If is, you're saying that you're selling to women between the ages of 25 and 45, you how know, many of them do we have in our city, our province that you could actually sell to? Yeah. Where are they located? And that's where the, the trade center will help. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had all that stats and that was stuff that I learned from 
futurepreneurs. So, <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. So, And we'll link to a few of those too so that people can kind of see that. Please. Now, we have a li- tiny bit of time left and you brought me some amazing treats <laughs> and gifts today. And I, we want to do a little tip. So we're going to try and do this verbally and visually at the same time for those listening podcast versus um, video. So I have here a sheer tint powder. And the reason that you're sharing this with me is because I was talking about makeup rubbing on my mask. Now, you're going to tell me what I would do with this. So the sheer tint powder, so I'm not going to sound like a, a, a sales agent. Right. So <laughs> I'm going to make this real quick. So um, pretty much everybody knows what the translucent powder is that comes in the big, um, what do you call it, containers. Right. So pretty much that was a sheer tint. Right, it's not pigmented. This is not going to affect my makeup color. Yeah, it's, yeah. Gonna, it's just a translucent powder. So um, it comes in this little stash here. Uh-huh. And we're talking about masks. And we're talking about, you know, having your lipstick. And I'm like, I don't want to buy lipsticks anymore. But I'm like, no, there's no need to throw away your lipsticks. Um, you have your lipstick and I already have like a lip. Uh, liquid lipstick on right mm-hmm. now so it's like a lip stain okay yeah mine's kind of like a the same uh, yeah lipstick mm-hmm. right but yeah we know that the liquid lipsticks will dry and they're meant to dry matte but right and you want to also control the transfer to your mask so what i will always do is just have a brush so i use this already this morning so that way you see some products on it and one of the things i was talking about this brush that i love is that the brush has helped you for makeup beginners there's a little marking or like this the design. Like an indent on it. Yeah. Indent. I commented on that. I thought that was really great. Brush. It helps you know where to put your hand. Yeah. So you just take a little blending brush. If you don't know what the blending brush looks like, it's a brush that all the hair fibers go upwards. They look upwards. So if you go to a store and you look for a blending brush, everything looks like it's going upwards. Okay. And what I'm just going to do is get my little blending brush and I just put a little bit of the powder on it, and I go over my lipstick. Oh my God, I've never put powder on my lips before, okay, yeah. Felicita? So this is a first for me. Yeah. And then what the, that does is that it soaks up the liquid. Ah, okay, so just as a reminder, this is a tip so that when you're wearing a mask, you're yeah. not gonna get any lipstick on your mask. And I'm really excited about this because literally, as Felicita came into studio, I was wearing a mask and telling her that I needed to take it off so I didn't wreck my lipstick. Yeah. So here we are. So. Amazing. And then you can just put as, you can continue looking at your lip. And that's what I like. Like this is so portable, like throw it into your bag. Yeah, there's a really good mirror on this too. So we're going to link to this in our <laughs> show notes as well. Felicity, so much fun, so much positive energy and great tips. And um that is our show for today. No. So I know we could do so many more. We're going to have to do just a makeup <laughs> tutorial video another day. You can teach me for the studio what to do. Um, but for today, thank you so much for being on the show. No problem. No problem. Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure. Oh, to my be pleasure. Here. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to learn more about our guests, visit startpodcast.ca and be sure to rate and review us wherever you're listening. If you're new to the show and want more Canadian business inspiration, subscribe before you go. Start Canada Podcast is produced by your host, Margot Miller, with audio and visual creation by Event Pro and support from Dunar Systems. Start Canada Podcast is powered by the Manitoba Technology Accelerator and Tech Manitoba and sponsored by Scotiabank. Scotiabank.